It is Tuesday, January 11th, and welcome to the latest edition of Baseball Today. My man T. Ploof is back in the house. I am Chris Rose. How you doing, pal? I'm doing great, Chris. Always beautiful to see your face on this yep. Tuesday morning. I miss you over the weekend. I do get to see you on my TV, ah. but it's nice to see you at work like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, well you Sunday, are, was, Sunday was you're a fiery all over the one. place right now. What's that? You're all over the place right now. Everywhere I look on my TV, there you are. Yeah, well, it's a, yeah, it's a January's a good month. January's <laughs> okay. a good month. It was the return of BattleBots last week. Did Teddy go watch the new one, your son? We have. He's super into BattleBots, and like I, I love watching it with them. But the the problem is, Chris, he's like, why can't we build one of those? Like he wants me to like go to the mm-hmm. store and build him a, a BattleBot. I said, I don't think that's how it works, bro. Well, there are toys. There are BattleBots toys. He doesn't so want that. He wants that. fire. Well. Work our way up to this. Isn't Teddy seven? He's six. <laughs> He's six. Yeah. Well, we, we we usually wait till about eight or nine before we start implementing fire in the BattleBots department. So fire doesn't even work anyway. That's what I've got. That's just for show. It's spectacle. Yeah. Well, for the most part. For the most part, there's a, there's a couple in there. If you haven't tuned in before, uh, comes out every Thursday. There's a brand new episode on Discovery Discovery Plus, uh, and I know that uh, Jimmy's going to be doing some breakdowns of the new yes. season. So awesome. those will, those will all be fun. You know, I, I, it was funny before I joined the company, I was like, somebody said, Hey, I think that, uh, that John boy guys is, is breaking down battle bots. I was like, what? So I actually, uh, I remember I DM, I slid into Jimmy's DMS. I was I like, like so, you know, that's me that actually does the battle bots. He's like, no way. <laughs> like, yeah. And little did I know that I would become a part of, part of the family. Part of the family. Hey, for parents out there, that's a really good show for kids. It's like, it is. it's awesome. And it's good for adults too. Cause it's it like is. a lot of kids shows. You're like, Oh God, we got to watch another, like, this is fun for adults too. It is. So there you go. Um, can I mention something that happened 35 years ago today? And I still haven't gotten over. Yes, you can. Cleveland Browns lost the, lost the AFC championship when John Elway drove 98 yards. That actually wasn't the game winning drive. That was the game tying drive with seconds to go. And then, Browns lost in overtime, and it was the most soul-crushing defeat in my history of fandom. Even slightly worse than the Indians' Game 7 loss in 2016. Mm. Just slightly. That one Probably had because of my age. <laughs> Holy. But you know what, Chris? This is the second time in a row you've mentioned that game because previously you mentioned the best game of your life. Right. That was, was eight the game days before. before. Yes, yeah. exactly. Good memory. Yeah. So this was... All I can remember, well, I remember everything, but um, we took a little, in Cleveland, there's a thing called the rapid transit. Think of it as like an above ground subway that ran from downtown and it led out right across the street from my house. And back then you couldn't track phones. There's no tracking device on where your kids are at the time. So my dad waited for every rapid. He didn't go to the game. My brother and myself and we each brought a friend. He waited for everyone so he could greet us. He felt so sad for the, the kids. And he just, I, I still remember, like my dad's been gone almost a decade. I still remember the way his hug felt. All he said was, I'm so sorry. So That's a good dad. That's a good dad right there. He was the best, man. God. So still working through that 35 years later, people. So let's Gosh, talk about something. I don't get any dad hugs. I need some dad hugs. Oh, dude. You, yeah. They're the best. I tell we're, we're not like huggers, though. The blue family's not huggers. No, I oh. am with my kids. My my family. Really? Because you're like a real huggers. affectionate guy. Maybe I've been searching for it. 
hey, that should go somewhere in the top three issues with the therapist this week. Okay. Okay. Somewhere. Yeah. You're right. I, I have a saying, Michelle, if Michelle wasn't so busy, I'd open the door and say, Michelle, what's what do I say about hugs? Hugs make the world go round. Okay. I believe it. Thank you. All right. Uh, we don't know if they'll be hugging come Thursday, but they will be exchanging proposals, it sounds like. Baseball's ready to deliver some sort of core economic proposal to the Players Union for the first time since they locked them out at the beginning of December. Uh, are you excited about that, or are you more worried? We'll see. We'll see how that meeting goes, how long it goes, what comes out of it. You know, what we saw from these two sides during the pandemic was a lot of non-starting like non-starters. So like you're supposed to negotiate in good faith, give ground, get ground, all that good stuff. And we haven't seen that from the sides too much. So I'm hoping this is a little bit different as we get closer to spring training. You know, the people that I've been talking to have said it's been quiet. There hasn't been proposals. There hasn't been uh, talks going on. So uh, I think Passon just came out with the tweet saying they're going to yeah. do it on Thursday. Mm -hmm. That's good. We'll see. We want to get these games on time. We want the season to start on time. Not only, you know, for, for fans, but for us too, we're trying to go down to spring training and have a, and have our good time. So selfishly, we really, really, really want the season to start um, when it's supposed to. I, I, I'm still thinking it will. Like, I don't know if that's the optimist in me or what, Chris, how do it you is. feel about the whole situation? It, it is unfortunately the optimist in you. Uh, yeah, I think maybe. the business person in me uh, who has been a part of just independent negotiations We'll say that it's it's still going to be a while. And I've done some poking yeah. around as well. And for the first time, I got a, yeah, season starting late. And I was like, really? And they said, yeah, season starting late. And I said, what is going on here? Like, can we not see the bigger picture here? Really, for we're not going anywhere, okay? The two of us, we love the sport. Our company loves the sport. A lot of people that consume this podcast love the sport. So we're going to be there whenever it starts. If it starts at the end of March, middle of April, end of April, we're there. I'm not worried about us. I'm worried about the people who may have been drawn in over the last year because of tremendous players like a, a Juan Soto or a Ronald Acuna or the run of the Atlanta Braves or what the Tampa Bay Rays have done over the last few. Like the people who are like, wow, that seems kind of cool. Guess what? Out of sight, out of mind. People have more choices than ever before, not only in the sports landscape, but just in entertainment in general. Just you have to wise up. And I understand there's things worth fighting for negotiations. I get that side of business. But somebody has to be the grown up in the room and say, shit. Let's wake up. We are going to be losing the fringe fans here. The hardcore fans are like, well, I'm done with you. Bullshit. They're coming back. I'm one of those people. I get frustrated. I'm coming back. Don't you understand? You're totally right with the out of sight, out of mind, and the fact that there are more options for everybody entertainment-wise now. Not only, Chris, not only do we have the real world, we also have internet 1.0, yes. but now we're getting a metaverse being built. There's going right. to be a web 2.0. There are so many options for people to, you know, ways to spend your leisure time. If you're gone, you're going to lose people, like you said, and you're not going to get them back because there's other things out there. Baseball is a beautiful sport. You need to put it in front of people's eyes. Get the players in front of people. I mean, people are looking at a screen all day long, and they can't find any baseball right now because 
but why? A self-induced lockout. We have to get the game going again. If we start to miss games, it's it's going to be very, very detrimental to our sport. I firmly believe that. We lost 100 games in a pandemic. Yeah, and now exactly. because of that, you know, owners are like, well, look, we, we suffered irreparable financial damage. I don't know if you did or you didn't. I'm not privy to your books. But man, there's a great way to make sure you you can recoup some of that money. Make sure your doors are open. I don't. Yeah. I mean, look, let's let's just hope these two sides are seeing the big picture. And again, so, you're right. There are big issues that that uh, MLB wants to take care of, that the Players Association wants to take care of. And yes, like they should have the right to fight for those things. And, and but they've had this time already. They've had so much time. Why are you waiting to the 11th hour? I, I just don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't get it either. All right, let's continue on. Uh, this was kind of an interesting story that just kind of popped up out of nowhere over the last several days in the Tampa Bay Times that there were a bunch of business owners in the Tampa St. Pete area who have kind of signed off on, on an issue which kind of got tabled recently. Remember, um, well, I don't remember if it was a year ago or whenever it was in the time spectrum that the Rays <laughs> were thinking of splitting a season up in Montreal. Well, apparently that has regained steam via the business community down in Tampa and they said all these businesses are signing off on having like 41 games down here in Tampa and 40 games in Montreal. And we're excited to bring all the fans of Montreal down here. A, did it seem weird when you read that? And B, do you think that this is really plausible and, inter and interesting? I think when it first came out, I said, that's interesting to me because all I've ever heard is how amazing Montreal is. Yep. Uh, but then the when same. you start to see, yeah, by the way, start hey, Ploof, yes. I heard it was really interesting in some areas. Okay. We'll talk about that later, guy. Oh, that's Jeez. an offline discussion. Jeez. Anyways, let me get back to my point here. I think Montreal is a great baseball city. It's already been a baseball city, but you don't need to take away from another one. Let's let's expand the game. Let's get let's give Montreal their own team. Let's keep Tampa's team in Tampa. And specifically in Tampa, let's get out of St. Pete. I think that's the biggest issue is people trying to get to the game. You need a new stadium. It shouldn't be in St. Pete. It should be somewhere in Tampa. There's plenty of space in Tampa. Totally. If you've been to Florida, there's open space everywhere. Yep. So I think if you're asking two, two people, the players, they don't want to split a season. Oh, no. it's, it's, it's a nightmare already getting um, – spring training housing and then your housing for your season if you have to get two houses for your season and then go it's it's a nightmare that is brutal for the players and number two for the fans you're going to give each of these cities a half of a season that doesn't make any sense go read some of the tweets out there and then read the replies to them it's all tampa bay rays fans saying can we please keep our team they are crushing it in tampa with their sports right now with the bucks with the lightning the Rays are awesome. They're, they're one of the best teams in baseball. They're, they're probably the best run franchise in the sport right now, maybe behind the Dodgers. But let's keep them in Tampa. That's what everybody wants. Give them a new stadium. I don't know what it takes for that. If you're the owner's got to fork up some extra cash for your stadium, do it. I, I, I just think it doesn't make sense. I think they said in the article it was a win, 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 and I don't believe that to be true at all. Well, First of all, with your um, you bringing up the point about the players, go ask the Toronto Blue Jays how that worked out for them last year, living in Dunedin, yeah. living in Buffalo, 
and then living in Toronto. It's like you get. It probably cost my playoff spot. I bet you dealing with that. So they finished a game out. How could you say it didn't? I mean, plus just the physical wear and tear on your body, you know, and you're not really having homestands. Really, it would feel like almost having the entire season on the road. And do you get two weeks in the middle of the season to 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 move? Because what are you going to move in, a, in an on an off day from Tampa to Montreal? Like just, you need yeah, more just, time than that. To me, the interesting part was the number of people who signed off on it, and I can only think that all the business people and the legislators who are on that side of things down in Tampa St. Pete area are thinking, well, the Montreal people are going to be so attached to that baseball team, they're going to want to travel down here and bring all that influx of money. That's that's the only reason I can think of that they would want to sign off on. That doesn't make any, th- wait, think about what you just said. They're going to their uh, fan base is going to travel 3000 miles because they love their baseball team so much. I, I don't. Well, hey, it's not 3000. How many miles? Is that? I don't freaking know. Well, I mean, Montreal is not that far from New York City. OK, how far is how far is it to Florida? A thousand miles, 15, 1500 miles. I, I would guess 1500. Robbie, um, why don't you, why don't Robbie, you look? Robbie, get up. Let's that. uh. Let's take the shortest uh, uh, map quest. By, I thought uh, Montreal was like central Canada. Central Canada? Like not central, but like in the middle somewhere. No. Okay. I got it's a 22 hour drive. I'm okay. Looking, That's not that bad. Hold on. Here's miles. I'm going to hold on. Hold on. I'm going to guess uh, seven, 1781. Close. I'll go $1, Bob. 1,494. There we go. 1,494. Who's driving this thing? That's what I'm saying, though. Like, doesn't matter. Three. No, no, no. I want to know why it takes 22 hours to cover 1,400 miles. Oh, my God. I had no idea where Montreal was. (laughs) Wow. Sorry, Canada. Uh, You know what? I'm going to call Crespi Prep and... I'm what's, about what's, there. You know what? I'm thinking about Vancouver. That's West Coast, right? Vancouver's right by Seattle, dude. Yeah. It's okay. 90 miles from Vancouver. That's also Seattle. probably not what I was thinking. It doesn't matter, Chris. The okay. point remains the same. You're going to have people driving 22 hours or flying 1,500 miles to come see a baseball series. You're not. You're not. I, I'm just telling you what I think they thought, not that I'm thinking. I think it's ridiculous. I'm going to have to ask uh, Glass now next time we have him on the rotation if there's any credible movement on that front because he would be the first one to know i feel bad saying take the team out of st pete too because st pete's a really cool area and great area but it's just tough for people to get in and out yeah that it's not really is it's not easy that's true all right um interesting little story you know i was kind of sifting through on the mlb rumors site um very interesting thought on former number one overall pick uh adley rutschman who has yet to log a single day in the big leagues, but that's coming in 2022, whether it's right out of camp or a couple of weeks in or whatever it is, he's coming. Would you sign a long-term deal if you were Rutschman, much like guys like Luis Robert did it, Eloy Jimenez did it, uh, Scott Kingery, Evan White. So varying degrees of success, both for player and for team in long-term deals before a guy has swung a big league bat. It all just depends on, you know, the dollar amount, what they're, what they're going to offer and how long the contract's going to be and what are the option years. What I would tell people is if, you're, if you can get the arbitration years and save your free agent years, I would do it. 
depend again, depending on what the number is, there's always the Sal Perez deal that haunts everybody. I think it was five years, 7 million or something like that with some options. It was really bad. So something like that. No. And Adley's already made 8 million out the draft. So, you know, there's a little bit of financial cushion for him there. And we also, to see what the CBA is going to do with first, second, and third year guys. What's, what's that minimum salary going to be? If it's at a million bucks, then again, probably bet on your eight a year, wait two years. And then you're talking exponentially more money as they see you have success in the big leagues, which I believe Adley will have. You look at his slash line from last year in AAA. Uh, what is that? I'm doing math right now. That's an 899 OPS yeah. he had. Yeah, almost 900 and over 500 plate appearances. And let's yes. remember. He's a freaking catcher, dude. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of 900 OPS catchers in the big leagues. The only thing I'll say is he is 24. So reaching free agency at 30, 31, you know, that's that limits. I mean, it will limit your free agent uh, years and what they at the catcher's position. But again, it all just comes down to the dollar. I'm not against these deals. It has to be the right amount of money. And if you're, you're going to do it. I would push really, I will really, tell you really this. hard just to say time, money, and your free agent years on an option. Well, if, if Adley Rutschman does sign a long-term deal before he gets to the big leagues, the first thing I'm going to make him do is spend some of that money on new internet for Trevor Plouffe. Because I got to tell you, things driving me nuts as of late. I, I know you live in the poshy, hoity-toity area. And now I've got the greatest freeze of all time of Plouffe. It is, oh God, it is so good. I almost want to take a still photo of it. There you go. You're back. Yeah. Yeah. You're back. Kind of. Yeah. It's just, I I don't know what it is. You you people and you're, you know, what you have to do is call the front gate where they don't allow me in when I knock on the door and I say, I'm here to see Trevor Plouffe and they turn me away every time. Tell them freaking work on your internet up there. Is it better now? Yeah. There you go. You're back. I just turned off my Wi-Fi. I think maybe that was the problem. Yep. See, that's what I'm talking about. But I guess my point about it is his age does scare me a little bit. So I would, if I were his representation, I would think about it. And I know that a guy like Luis Robert, and I think that Eloy, both of those guys are going to outperform their deals. But on the low end, you don't think the Phillies would like their Scott Kingery deal back? I mean, he's going to, they don't care about that. What's that? They They don't don't care about that. No, I know it wasn't, it wasn't enough money. Like that's why teams do it because if they miss on three of them and they hit on one, they're still in the green here. You're, you're absolutely right. No, no, it's true. I mean, he's, he's guaranteed 15 mil over the next two years and he might not even be on the big league team. And Evan white is guaranteed with, uh, with buyouts. If they, if he doesn't reach his option years, he's guaranteed almost 25 mil over the next four years. Yeah, I mean, they're not happy when it doesn't work out, but they're, they understand the risk. And more and more teams will continue to do this. As, you know, technology with hitters, they're able to see a lot of the data now that maybe they had to guess on in years past. Hey, this guy is hitting the ball this hard mm. consistently. They're barreling the ball up. They can track your biomechanics of your swing. They, they, they can – the evaluation of players has become easier for teams, in my opinion just because of the technology and, and the data that they can collect on you. So they, if they're going to offer him, you know, a, a decent amount of change, they know pretty well that he's going to continue to be that guy. If, unless he, you know, sustains some sort of injury, if he plays, they know he's going to be good. So if I'm Adley, I wait. That's my opinion. I think it's fair. Um, you know, we've seen catchers that, you know, let's say that he plays it out and he gets to free agency at 30 and he's been a three-time all-star or whatever. 
he's going to be able to write his own ticket. I mean, JT Real Muto just cashed in at right around that age, uh, at well over a hundred million bucks. So yes, don't shortchange yourself, believe in yourself. And if I'm the Orioles, here's another way I'm looking at it. They don't have a major league contract on the books. There's not one. There's a bunch of guys that are arbitration eligible this year, and they'll be making some money, but there's not one guaranteed deal on their books at all. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so I think as a sign of good faith to your fan base, I would do something instead of having Cedric Mullins name bandied about in trade talk as a, whatever he is, 27 year old who just had a MVP ish season and Ryan Mountcastle put together a phenomenal rookie season. I'd be looking at signing those guys to some team friendly contracts. Like get, give the fans a reason to go get an Orioles Jersey with a guaranteed name on the back. You really want your t- a 10 year old Orioles fan saying, Hey, mom and dad, I'd like to get an Orioles Jersey. Who should I get? Well, um, nobody signed. I would be shocked, shocked. If we don't get a Cedric Mullins extension at some point when baseball returns, they know it's the perfect opportunity for them for what you're saying. Like he's a fan favorite. He just did the work for you. Like the guy went out and proved it. He's 27. So they know they could probably, they can get him for cheap compared to what he's worth. And it also rewards him, you know, like, Hey man, like you did it. Oh man. I think the Orioles cut you off, dude. Here you go. Let's give you some financial security. I'm gone. On again? Well, you were gone for a second. Now you're back. But yeah, that's all right. Yeah. You got what I'm saying. Yeah, we did. We did. All right. So Orioles, I hope you were listening today. Cutting through the ploof clutter, if you will. He's actually (laughs) making some good points. (laughs) I liked it. All right. Uh, Finally, a couple of great stories about uh, some young women in this sport. Over in Australia, our buddy Pete Moylan got uh, a chance to see in person Genevieve Beacom, she made history last Friday when she took the mound for the Melbourne Aces, becoming the first woman to pitch in the Australian Baseball League, 17 years old. Uh, I believe she pitched a scoreless inning. I actually texted with Pete afterward, and I was like, how awesome was it? He goes, Rosie, I was almost in tears. He said, you know, I just, I was so proud to be a part of watching history. He goes, this is not the highest level she's going to pitch at. He says she's damn good. She's got a real understanding of what to do out there. And so she's going to get something done. And I just, I could only imagine how neat it would have been to see a freaking 17 year old at all pitch in a pro league, let alone be the first woman to do it. That's exactly what I thought of. Like the 17 year old part is, is amazing as well. I I understand. And the, the cultural impact that she's had does matter. I see it firsthand with my daughter all the time when she's mm-hmm. watching TV and she sees a, a, a woman on screen doing things that, you know, uh, pre, you know, five years ago, you probably wouldn't have seen. I think it's really cool. Um, and how about her having a manager like Peter Moylan? I think is, is perfect for her. That guy is, he's one of the best. So if he, and, and also if he says that about her, he's not lying. He like, he's not that kind of guy that's just going to, you know, roll over and say something. He, he really believes in her talent which is awesome. Um, with that being said, don't bring that loopy curveball over here. I'll, I'll take that thing deep. <laughs> All right. Good. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Like that's, it's awesome to see. I, I know that um, 
perusing the internet the last couple of days, it's been all over the place. The story is being shared a lot. And I think uh, that's one of the cool things about the internet on Twitter and stuff like that. It can be a cesspool sometimes, but it's seeing really uh, her celebrated uh, throughout it was gave me a little bit of hope. Gave me yeah. And the thing is about athletics, the thing about athletics is for the most part, I, I, I know there are politics involved with players. I, I get it. I understand it. And there's a business side, but if you can play, you can play. And so that's the thing. Now, the other side and the other big story that we've had is Rachel bulk of it. Uh, she will manage the Yankees low a team. It was just announced, um, which is awesome. She has been a coach for several years. She's been a hitting instructor the last several, but now to step into the managerial hot seat and to get this sort of opportunity, uh, she's 34 years old. She played college ball. She's been around the game. She's done the whole driveline thing. Um, as I mentioned, she's been a hitting instructor. I think it is phenomenal. I cannot wait to see it. So, Ploof, what is the uh, biggest challenge for her moving to the managerial seat? I think it's going to be being hands off a little bit because that as a manager, that's your role. I mean, like it's you're managing everybody, the coaches included. So the coaches will be in the grind doing everything. And I think that's kind of where she's used to being. You mentioned her background. Her pedigree is incredible. And I'm happy that she's getting a chance because I've talked about this, you know, ad nauseum. There's a lot of coaches in the minor leagues that are just kind of there because they played and they really they're just collecting a paycheck and I'm hoping that kind of goes away and hires like, like Rachel are, are proving that that model is going away. Uh, but as being a manager, and I think she has some managerial experience. I, I thought I saw she managed in Australia actually. Mm -hmm. And I believe she managed Manny Ramirez in Australia. Um, so again, I think that's going to be the biggest problem is her kind of like taking a step back because she's so experienced and she has so much knowledge. She's going to want to give that to the hitters, you know, and, and all for players at all times and as a manager it's i think she's getting room for bigger things which is amazing and uh, i'm excited to see how it goes so um i here's the thing i worry but not worry about i guess i'm most interested to see is what's the player's reaction like i think it's great that we have an open mind i don't see any problem with it i want to celebrate it i want to champion it I've also been around the sport long enough to know that some players are, they might go, well, she didn't play. What, how could she lead me? There's that thick headedness, right? I mean, let's sure. not, we, I want to celebrate this. I want to applaud her. I, I am rooting for her in the worst way possible. But I also know that there are guys behind the scenes who probably won't come out and say it right now, who are like, what are we doing here? Well, honestly, the way they should be thinking about this, can she make me better? That's all you need to worry about. Right. There's a ton of coaches in the, in the minor leagues and even maybe in the major leagues who have experience playing that aren't going to make me better. They're just not. Mm -hmm. they, they don't have that ability. She has two master's degrees. Finished. She did her work at driveline. She's got a kinesiology background. She understands biomechanics. This, this person, this coach, this manager can help players. And that's all you should care about. If you're in the minor leagues, think about getting better. If she can help you, what does it matter? Uh, hey, you get it. And I get it. 
And we both feel that way. My first full-time boss was a woman. So I, I've been in that world for 30 years. There are some guys in baseball. They've never had to take an order from a woman. When it They'll comes get over to, it. They'll it get over it quickly. Work. They'll get over it quickly. That's, that's what I, that's my feeling because she's going to do it the right way. She's going to put in the work and that's all you ask for. Like that as a, from a coach, all I want for you to do is to show up and put the work in and help me in my journey. And she's does, she does that. Well, the, I, I'm not, once again, I'm not questioning that. I have all the faith in the world that she will do it. Mm -hmm. I just hope that everybody that you just enter with an open mind. I think that's the most important thing in whatever space you're put in, right? I think that's the most critical thing here is that it's not that she has to make adjustments, is that you might have to adjust your thinking in order to help yourself as well. You know, I mean, again, so I'll, I'll say I, I do agree with you. I'm sure there are some some guys in baseball who are, you know, bigoted and are going to say, hey, oh, I, I don't want a woman telling me something. I think it's dumb. <laughs> That's a dumb it's reason. Ridiculous. To <laughs> so like here, I'm talking to all the minor leaguers that she's going to coach this year. Go get better. She's going to make you better. Go listen to what she has to say. OK, and if she, and guess what? If she doesn't and she stinks, that's OK. You can say something about it. That's not going to happen, though. Yeah, I have all the faith in the world based on what I've read here. And her credentials Cat are far and above most minor league coaches, like way above. And by the way, I want to get back to one point before we do move on for the rest of the day. And you said you're you know, you can see it in your daughter. And how old is she? What is she for? She's four years old. OK, and she's already paying attention to you know, seeing women on screen. Wonder Woman was the one where I really saw it. We watched okay. Wonder Woman together and it was like. She was a badass. Eye opening. She, yeah, badass. Exactly. Right. What It wasn't like what she was used to seeing, uh, you know, the, you know, girls do on screen. Just to show you kind of where we've been and, and in some cases where, where we are now. Um, 25 years ago at CNN was when I was working there as a, as a young um, anchor. And that's when the WNBA was really starting to take off. And it was the first time that women college basketball players didn't have to go overseas in order to follow their passion, that they could do it here in the States. And there was a great national TV contract and all that sort of stuff. And I remember talking, and I'm not going to mention his name, but he was one of our coordinating producers at CNN. And we were talking about, okay, well, where do we put the WNBA championship in our show? Where do we stack it? He goes, nah, nobody cares about that. He goes, I wish that league would just go away. I was like, and I, I didn't have any kids at the time. I was like, what, what, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, I don't have any interest in it. Nobody has any interest in it. I said, but don't you have a daughter? And if she was good enough, wouldn't you want to be able to see her play in the United States instead of having to travel to Greece or Australia to go see her, follow her dream? He said, yeah, I don't really care about that. I was like, how are you saying that? You have a daughter and I don't even have a daughter and it, you're pissing me off. Yeah, he sounds like a dipshit. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. What a dipshit. And word. just to have the opportunity and to, and Rachel was so thankful for all the people that helped pave the way, you know, behind the scenes so that she could become the first manager. It's awesome. I think it's such a great story and I hope it works out. I really do. I'm rooting for her. And I'll be curious to see what our players have to say. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. 
Yeah. I have no doubt. I have no doubt in my mind. Good. What do you have working these days on John Boy Media, sir? Well, tomorrow we are doing a voicemail app for talking baseball. We just recorded yesterday, so that's going on. We're still working out uh, what sequence is going to look like, if it's going to look like anything. But you know, we got a lot of stuff coming. We can't really talk about it yet, but we got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, what about you? How's the rotation going? You've been just killing it lately, bro. Well, we had a guy who's obviously very happy with last night's college football results, Alex Wood, one of them Georgia Bulldogs. So he joined us late last week. Episode got released uh, yesterday. It was a lot of fun. He was a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, we put some good clips out there. I think the one that really got the most traction was how he got his first hit in the show. He said he was like 0 for 38, yeah. and then he ended up bunting on Jake Arietta and got hit on its way down the line square in the back so yeah that thing has gotten a lot of views um, jake did that on purpose probably that's what i said i said is he so pissed he nailed you he was like i don't think so he goes but i'm blazing fast so you just never know mm-hmm. um but yeah no he was a lot of fun asked him about the biggest difference between playing for the dodgers and the giants he was like really You're gonna nail me on that one <laughs> uh you know first time he met clayton kershaw what that was like he ended up being put right next to him day one so they were locker mates for several years. Um, so we cover a lot of really, really good stuff, fun stuff. The story about him getting traded for the first time was utterly ridiculous on how he found out that it was happening. I was like, what? So it's good stuff. And I'm taping a new episode. Do you want to guess who it is? Let's play oh, this man. game. Well, I mean, give me like a hint, like a I'll little bit. I'll give you bit. some hints. Um, nearly 20-year major leaguer. Okay. Started his career in the same place that you did. Very, very large for his position. Latroy Hawkins. No. Mm. Um, still involved in the baseball world. Uh, not very well liked on the field. Oh, I know who it is. That's easy. I think he should be like AJ's great, man. He's hilarious. He's always really nice to me. So whenever everyone wants to talk crap about Przinsky, he's always been great. I don't, I mean, is there like a history there why people don't like him or what? Just I, the way he played? No, I, I want to know what it was. I, I will point blank ask him if he was as big an asshole as was perceived to be. I mean, I didn't ever have that experience with him whatsoever. I didn't either, dude. I had, a And I kind of enjoy him. watching him call games. He's super got some good perspective. Smart. Yeah, he's super smart. We had him on back when I was doing the Fox gig and hosting that. We had him on during the playoffs um, in, I want to say either it was 2010 or 11. I forget the year. And there was a play at the plate where Mike Napoli was blocking the plate. And it was something that I would never have thought of. But because he was a catcher, he's like, I want you to watch his footwork here and what he does. And then I knew, like, that guy's going to be great. And um, it'll, be, it'll be a fascinating – plus some of the guys he's played with, he's played with some of the greatest players ever, including he uh, up close and personal for the Barry Bonds 04 season where he got wor- walked 232 times. It's wild. I, I'm, I'm excited for that episode. I bet he's got a lot of fun things to say. Yeah, I've known him a long time, but I can't wait because he's always – he always buffs my balls. Got energy. Oh, done some interesting stuff in his career too. So that's all coming your way. Excited for that. Um. Oh wait, what? 
What'd you just send here? Hold on. We got we got to plug the the John Boy Media store here at the end of this show. Oh, okay. Did we got a promo code we can give the people. We're just plugging the store. Holy smokes, See, Robbie! What do we got? I, promo I, code is today. Promo Ooh, code is today. Okay. Correct. What do they and, get? And what do they get off? They get, I believe, ten percent. Ten percent off your entire order for using t- code today at checkout on the John Boy Media base uh, merchandise store. Okay, that's Robbie Scirocco saving the day. I thought that was for uh, our podcast with Rose Rotation. I apologize. I you got both. Oh, yep. Double plugs. Double Double plugs. I I will be. I'm very excited because I heard we're getting some some sweet merch and uh, I'm going to be wearing it shortly for a very special reason. I just I just put a big order in off the the John Boy Media shop. I'm going to be looking fly in all my gear and I want to tell people everyone love the tie dye sweatshirts we put out. They're sold out. They're sold out. I can't get that. You can't get that. So next time we're putting this fire merch out, don't don't wait on it because it's gone. Wow, look at that. All these t-shirts, got some good hats, sweaters even. Everything. A lot of cool Blankets. stuff on there right now. So code today. Today 10% and you get 10% off. off at the John Boy Media store. And we're going to work on that discount. We're going to I'm going to touch the boys. Maybe by the time you put it in, it'll be even be more, 15%. Oh, look at that. They got baseball today. Is that a mug? Got everything, baby. Oh my gosh! I, you know what? You could be drinking your little foo-foo drink in that thing. Eleven they sell, and fifteen ounce. Do they sell internet connection here? <laughs> <laughs> my goodness! That was funny, dude. That was like one of your funniest lines you've ever said. I, I'm just upset, okay? Because I'm sick of getting interrupted by Chris's blank stare, being like, "Hey, you're gone." All right. Well, listen, it was still fun getting to see you and hang out with you. And um, even though it was choppy waters, a little turbulence on this flight. It's okay. It's okay. Love you, man. Same here. Uh, Thanks very much. A special shout out to our producer extraordinaire and um, tour guide of the John Boy Media Shop, Robbie Scirocco. Good work. And we will see you on Thursday when hopefully the lockout will be solved. Probably not. Thanks very much for tuning in to baseball today.